If you would, please turn your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 15. We are looking at a context of verses 50 through 58. Um, Our focus this Lord's Day will be verse 57. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll read 50 through 58, review, and then pick it up. Father, we come before your throne. Father, I pray with hearts that worship with hearts and souls bowed down before you. And the Father, we understand the urgency of the day, and yet with hearts overwhelmed with gratitude to be children of the King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, so much is happening in our world, so much information. And yet, Father, you are truth. Father, I pray that you will sanctify us with your truth. And that, Father, we will be set apart. And the Father, we will drink deep of this text. And the Father, you would overwhelm us. Help us, Lord. Help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see. Help us to understand the privilege of being your children. The privilege of being in your church. The privilege of being a redeemed people. To your glory and to your praise. In Christ's name, amen. Verse 50. Chapter 15, 1 Corinthians. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and the mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. This is an amazing text, and it's it's basically Paul's summarization, his summary praise of what he's given in the first 49 verses. He, he, it's like the words that he's written down, the words that he has spoken forth have now so overwhelmed him that he, he, he just bursts forth in praise. And yet Paul's primary objective, Paul's primary ministry is an interpreter. He interprets Scripture. And he uses Scripture to validate what he says, and then he interprets the Scripture that he used to validate what he says. I like it. I like it. And what we've looked at is several stages, and yet they all fill together, but I felt like if I preached 50 through 58 in one setting with you, you might have missed part of it. You know, by about Wednesday or Thursday, you'd have probably said, is he done yet? All right. But I share this because I wanted you to think about this. I broke it down into four great things. A great transformation, a great triumph, a great thanksgiving, and the one that drives my secretary crazy, the great therefore. 
And she's like, what is that? Anyway, you'll see in a week. All right, but I share this because do you really understand what he's saying? Oh, we theologically, we ascend to it. We, we may take it and say, we've got the information and I've parsed the verbs. I know which one is middle voice. I know which one is progressive. I know which one of these is going to hook them together. And I know that there are no dangling participles in this text. And I celebrate Easter. What's the deal? Paul says, do you not understand that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God? The vessel that you are in right now has no ability to live in the eternals. And he says, so don't worry. He's going to give you an eternal vessel. He's going to give you another vessel. It will not be flesh and blood. It will not be as you know, flesh and blood. It has the ability to think in a, think it wants to be in a place and instantaneously be in that place. I don't know how you do that in flesh and blood. I have no idea how you do that. And that's what he's saying here. The perishable can't inherit the perishable, imperishable. So it will be similar, but extremely different. That is the great transformation. Something is going to happen. You will receive a vessel, a physical vessel, a body that will be able to do things that you can't comprehend at this time. For one thing, it can never age. For one thing, it can travel across space faster than you can understand fast. It will be beyond light travel. You know, I hear people say, well, do you think we can ever travel at light speed? No, I think we can go faster. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is, but it'll be one of those that your face will be hanging back going, ah! <laughs> and I'm not sure what stopping entails. <laughs> I had a friend of mine um, who worked out at Buckley, and um, he knew one of the guys who flew the SR-71, the spy plane, flies at 80,000 feet and, and really fast. And uh, he was talking to him. The thing landed out at Buckley. He was trying to get me out there to see it, and that didn't work. But anyway, um, he said that, <clears throat> I, I said, well, why is it at Buckley? And he said, uh, had a, a generator went out on one of the engines uh, that controls electrical on one side, and they needed to get it replaced. And he said, you know what's amazing about it? The thing flies so high and so fast, they lost the generator at Guam. The quickest that they could get it down was Buckley in Colorado, and it had to go over Omaha to make its turn into Buckley. Okay, this thing is designed to go fast that they have to fill it and the metal gets so hot at the speeds it trans that, that it travels at that it, it contracts. And so when it's setting there, the fuel bladders will actually start leaking on the tarmac. It takes a full load of fuel to get it off the ground. And then they have to immediately refill it and then take it up to 80,000 feet so everything seizes up and sits tight. Now, who thought that up? Look, I have a leaky jet. <laughs> but it's a fast leaky jet. 
Okay, it's a fascinating thing. And they say, well, we don't use it anymore. So they say. It's, let's be realistic. It's not fuel efficient. Um, but you're still covering a lot of ground. All right, I, I share that with you because when I think of speed, that is kind of like my ultimate. Okay, that the skin of this airplane is moving so fast. You know how thick the air is at 80,000 feet? It ain't. They know air at 80,000 feet. And yet there is enough air there that it causes the friction on the skin to contract so that the plane literally starts sealing itself. So how fast must it be going? And yet my transformed body will make that thing look like a turtle. And I won't need to use fuel. I still like the idea of going through walls. There's just something about that is fascinating to me. You know, I got through through a wall once. It re- I don't, I'm thinking that it's different. Okay. I, I share this stuff because this transformation that comes, he says, I tell you a mystery. Okay, when Paul tells you a mystery, I always pay attention. He says, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Okay, sleep for a Christian is death. No, it ain't a soul sleep. Absent for the body, present with the Lord. Please understand that. He says, but I will tell you a mystery. This great, great transformation will be in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. A twinkling of an eye is how fast does light travel from the iris to the retina? That's kind of fast. And then the last trumpet will sound. God sounds a trumpet when he calls his people together. There will be God's calling of all people together in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Boom! Perishable to imperishable. Instantaneous. And it will be for all of us. The dead in Christ will rise first. Thessalonians tells us. Okay? And we'll be right behind them. In the twinkling of an eye. In a moment. Then he says, there is this great triumph through this. That's verses 54 through 56. Death is swallowed up in victory. Do you understand the word swallowed up? He quotes the Old Testament. He quotes um, Hosea 13, 14. And he says, death is swallowed up. And it literally means it ceased to exist and its consequences and what has happened through it are all gone. They're all gone. History. It's like it never happened. It's like it never happened. That's the triumph. The triumph over death is so massive. So massive. That is as if it never, ever happened. There is no scars. There's no heartache. There's no what ifs. It's all done. And you know what's funny about it? It says, and we will all be changed. We all get this. This is a package deal. This great triumph. And if you look at the word sting, literally what that means, it's used, it's spoken of as poison. And if you think about it, if you've ever been stung by a bee, it is the poison of the bee, or it's used to even speak of a snake. It's that poison that goes in and does the damage in the tissue. 
All right. And he describes death as a poison, as a sting. And he says it will be completely removed. And then he gives it. Then, of course, of Paul, the interpreter, the theologian says the sting of death is what? Sin. No, it's strength is the law. It is sin that causes it. That's when you see a person who has lived like the devil. They may, they may have walked the aisle, they may have said a prayer, they may have been involved, but they look like a lost person at their death. Everybody wonders, were they saved? Why? Because sin still had authority over them. Could they have been saved? And that's where you see the battle. The battle for, the, for us who remains. Were they saved? I wonder if they were saved. And then you hear some of these silly people get up and say, well, we'll all see him again. You know what? We all won't. Some of you might. But we all won't. And and we've got to be aware of this. I I wish what I see in the church today is that and it causes I get into more trouble for than any single thing that I deal with is. Are you really saved? And I hear, you know, there are people who literally believe you can't really know. How awful it would be to live a life in that. Are you telling me something that was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ? You can't really know. There are people who believe that. And you know why they do? It's because the law of God has convicted them. And therefore, death has a power over them and they've never come to the obedience that the law has called and they can't without faith in Christ Jesus all right and so we have a triumph when a Christian dies it is actually get a hold of this it's a reward it is like yahoo I had a Christian one time that may have been Christmas? He said, well, I hope Jesus doesn't come back right away. And I said, why not? He said, I, I want to take a Caribbean cruise. And I said, what? Well, I just always wanted to do that. And I just looked at him and said, I want to take a space cruise. <laughs> Go ahead. I've been to the Caribbean. Okay. You know, the Caribbean's like every ocean I've been in. After about 10 minutes, you know what? The sucker's going in and going out. Going in and going out. Does the same thing. Okay? And I mean, I'm a little on the ADD side, and I'm, I'm done with that. <laughs> Let's go do something else. I mean, it just doesn't keep my interest that long. But I see people who will take this and they look at death and they are fearful. In that case, I have to ask them one simple question. Where's sin in your life? If you're afraid, where's sin? First John says, I don't want you to be ashamed at his appearing. You know what that implies, right? It's possible not to be ashamed at his appearing. And I I watch people struggle with this. Why? Listen, for me to leave this place is a benefit. It is a benefit. You think about it. In your life, regardless of your age time, your chronological time here, you have just gone from one heartache to the next heartache, hoping for a reprieve somewhere in the middle where you can go do your Caribbean cruise. 
And then you'll get some nasty old crabs and you'll end up sick on the boat anyway. That gives me a little footnote. This is this will help you. If you ever travel to Russia, do not eat the seafood. Just trust me on that. Okay, I did that once and I made a big serious note. Don't do that again. <laughs> it's been a long time since my belly hurt that bad. <laughs> so, and nobody speaks your language. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> you look bad. <laughs> you ought to be with me. Anyway, but I, I share this because I have a triumph that says that the poison of death has been removed. It is swallowed up. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. All right, and we looked at that in depth last week. Now, I wanted to give you that, the great transformation and the great triumph over death and what we're going to be like because there is a response. There is a response. If you have, if you have children or, yeah, you've got children, you had to teach your children to do something, to say thank you. Why is that? But you have to teach every child to say thank you, don't you? I've never met a child that you didn't. You have to teach them. And sometimes they learn it quickly. Sometimes they have no clue what that means. And they live in a constant state of cluelessness. Right? They're not thankful for nothing. And and yet we have to teach them. Why? Why? Why do we have to teach them? And I think I know the reason. They, they learn not to be thankful because they go to the school of lying. No one ever teaches their child to lie, do they? Where do they learn that from? It's their nature. Their natures are, they are liars and they are thankless. And you know what? We're all guilty of it. Aren't we? And yet, Paul gives us this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor the personal put on the imperishable. But behold, behold, I tell you a mystery. I have a mystery. We will not all sleep. We will be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. The last trumpet will sound, the trumpet will sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised imperishable. You should be thankful. You know why? Because the way he states it there in verse 57 is, but thanks be to God. This triumph, this transformation has one person responsible for it. See, it's the Lord Jesus Christ who paid the penalty for sin. Remember what he said? The power of sin is the law. The sting of death is Sin. But one has paid the penalty of sin. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? He fulfilled the law. He took care of the elements, if you want to call them that, in 55 and 56. The power of sin is defeated. Okay? The the strength of sin is defeated. The poison of sin is defeated. Now listen, you haven't been removed from the presence of sin. But that's coming. That is the great transformation. I will be removed. You will be removed from the presence of sin. People have asked me 
What's heaven like? You know, I've read about the streets of gold and, and the trees that, that bear fruit all the time and liver, waters of living water and, and the presence of God and the Shekinah and, and all of that. And the doors are like made of pearl. Uh, gold found gold is so pure that it's clear you can see through it. I mean, I got, man, that's a, what's it like? And I said, I don't know what it's like. I said, what? I said, it's the absence of sin. I have no idea what that's like. I can tell you what I hope it's like. <laughs> But then I'm going to be shooting short. I don't know what it's like. Everything I've ever experienced my entire life is in the presence of sin. I don't know what it's like to be absent from the presence of sin. But that is the perishable putting on the imperishable. Do you know where perishing comes from? Sin. To be imperishable means you are. You're gone from it. In Romans chapter 7, uh, the Apostle Paul, I, I think this is the fulfillment of verse 25 of Romans 7. Thanks be to God. Seems familiar, doesn't it? Through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that in one hand I myself, with the mind I am serving the law of God, with the other my flesh, the law of sin. Meaning that there is that conflict that is there because I'm in the presence of sin. But thanks be to God, because it's coming to a point where I will not be there anymore. See, Christ is the cause of victory. Therefore, thanks be to God. You know what? <clears throat> regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what you have been through, regardless of the burden you may be carrying, regardless of the struggle that you may be fighting right now, thanks be to God. There's coming a time... When it will all be swallowed up, it will be gone, and its effects will be non-existent entity in your being. And it will only be that way forever. And you want to take a Caribbean cruise? I don't want to. It's just a boat. I want to hover. One of my desires in my life was to fly a helicopter, and I found out when I was getting out of high school, I could do that for free if I joined the Army. At that time, there was this little vacation trip that they had planned for Southeast Asia, and I thought, hmm, you can go fly a helicopter in the jungle. And then all of a sudden, a little voice in the back of my head says, well, they're shooting at you. And I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> now everybody says, well, but that was at the end of the war, and they were, they were still shooting at you. <laughs> you know, look, I can fly a helicopter, but not fast enough. But, but just hovering seems something for me. And I think, how much more fun will it be to hover in a body? Just sit there and hover. Over them poor buggers on Caribbean cruises. Christ has caused us to have this victory and it'd be thanks to God. Listen, do you understand something? Here's an amazing thing. I want you to think about this. Okay? You and I cannot remove the sting of death. There is nothing you can do about it. My wife works in a profession that has no ability whatsoever to remove the sting of death. Can't do it. It's impossible. And if you think about it, how much time 
and resources do we throw in to try to remove the sting of death? And you can't. It's impossible. That's like saying, I'm going to stop aging today. Well, go ahead. I'll do it. Mm. Hold your breath. I don't know. What do you do to stop aging? Well, you put this $55 quart cream on. And it does what? Well, it'll make you not look like you're aging. But you still are. Okay? Or you can go get your tucked and plucked and stretched and look. And I just sit there and I go, but you're still getting old. We're go- well, stay out of the sun. Well, that'd be fun. Just stay out of the sun. That's what I was thinking. I, I, do you see what I'm trying to get at? Look at the craze. You know, I've seen people that says, well, we're going to, I'm going to start riding bicycles. I'm going to start jogging. I'm going to start. What? Well, yeah, it'll keep me what? What will it keep you? You know what? If you do one thing in the Bible, I guarantee it will help you. You know what it is? Don't be mastered by anything. Okay? Now that would go down to... That covers a lot. Quarter pounders with cheese. Supersized fries. Oh, they're good though. (laughs) But if you read your Bible, you give thanks. and, And eat. You know, I don't sit around all the time. I mean, I can go down the list, but I see people who get mad. So I used to climb. I moved to Colorado a long time ago to climb. That was what I, I came to Colorado for. And uh, I hung out with this guy who was a fireman, 24 years old. This guy run marathons. I, I'm the kind of person, and even like when I played high school football, that uh, I would train for the football season, I'd play the football season, and then I'd party my brains out. Okay, and then when football season started again, I feel like the devil. But usually by the summer training was over, I was ready to go again. Same thing when I was climbing. When I was getting ready to do a climb, we had a climb we were going to do. I would train, you know, three, four months ahead of time. And then I would start living like McDonald's again. Okay. This guy ran marathons and triathlons and all them weird stuff, the swimming and the biking and the running and, and all the rest of it. One morning, he was working, he's a rural fireman. One morning, he got up, took off for a run, and died of a massive heart attack at 24 years old. Okay? And I looked at the two. Him, always training, always fit. And here I was, semi <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what month you wanted to talk to me, I might be fit, I might not be. Okay? Who's having more fun? Well, you haven't ever run until you've gotten the endorphins. Getting what? Yeah, once you get to a certain place, you get endorphins. Where is that place? I would like to start there. (laughs) Give me the endorphin now. And then I'll deal with it. Okay, because I, I grew up one of these, why run? Take the whipping, it won't hurt as bad. <laughs> well, it's true. I see people getting knee replacement things and bad backs, and, and they got thing on their feet, and they can't do this. I said, they're going, took the whipping. <laughs> but what are we trying to do? 
We are trying to put away the sting of death, the poison. I mean, if you're really honest with yourself, without being a theologian, take the average human being and watch it and tell me how in the world that thing evolved. Because every human being I've ever seen is in a state of decline. How do you evolve if you're in a state of decline? Right? And yet, look at what we try to do to put off decline. Do you see what I'm trying to get at? And yet, Jesus Christ says, guess what? The sting of death has been swallowed up. Listen, anyone in here, can you do anything about the consequences of violating God's law? No, you can't. Sin is rampant. Sin is in the very fabric of your DNA. And yet, Jesus Christ paid the penalty and all I can do is thank God. That's great thanksgiving. He has given us the victory and it is a gift in Christ Jesus. Listen, if you are a sinner, oh, by the way, you are. But if you are a sinner, there are only one way to eliminate sin. There's only one way to eliminate this poison of sin. That is faith in Christ Jesus, period. Period. And apart from that, death has a sting. It has the ability to give a fatal blow. The work of Christ satisfies law, God's law's claim on you. The work of Christ paid the penalty of death. Sin and its poison are rendered harmless. He became accursed for us. He took the curse of the law. He has given us the victory. Paul says, thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? Do you grasp that? Do you ponder that? I mean, listen, I can look in this room right now and there's people dealing with issues and, and heartbreak and, and troublesome relatives. Oh, that'd be heartbreak. And, 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 and job. I, I know people right now have lost their jobs. I know people right now in this room who may lose their jobs. I know people who are looking at financial turmoil in their lives right now. They don't know what's going to happen. Their 401ks have left the building. Okay? And yet, think about it. The sting of death, the poison of death has been removed. Even in light of what you see in front of you, you can say, thanks, thanks be to God. He has given us a victory. A victory in Jesus Christ. I mean, I was thinking about this. In uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter, what is that, 5? Yeah, chapter 5. <clears throat> he, he goes through this big old list 
the times and the epics, brother, they have no need for anything to be written to you. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. They'll be saying peace and safety. Destruction will be upon them. Say, and he's talking about the second coming of Christ. I request you, brothers, to appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge of you in, uh, in the Lord and give you instruction. Esteem them highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. Admonish the unruly. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one repays evil for evil, but see that <clears throat> always seek that which is good for one another and for all people. And then he goes through this rapid exhortations. Do this. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Stop right there. Have you ever wondered what God's will was? Well, it would be rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks for everything. Why? Because think about it. You have this great transformation that is in your future and you have this great triumph that you exist in right now. So I would say thanks be to God. And how easy it is to rejoice always. Why? I get an imperishable body. I get an eternal vessel. I have a victory over sin that it no longer can poison me. It can't sting me. It has been swallowed up. How can I not be thankful? Regardless of what is going on in your lives. Paul makes statements like this. For me to live as Christ, to die is gain. We read that. And if we've got someone who's just got that diagnosis, we'll quote it to them. But what if it's you? What if it's you? What if God says your diagnosis is you've got two months and then the finish line is mine? What if God doesn't even tell you that and you go home today and the finish line is his? Thanks be to God. Let us rejoice. And let us pray without ceasing. Far better to depart and be with Christ, Paul told the Philippians. See, I want to try to make this as emphatic as I can. Death is absolutely nothing to a Christian. Nothing. Death is nothing more than leaving here and going there. That's all it is. That's all it is. Death is our spirit ascending to the presence of Christ Jesus. There's a waiting for the day for that resurrected body to join it. But can you imagine to leave this place and only enter into the waiting arms of Christ? Bummer. What about my Caribbean cruise? That is amazing. Death is a friend to a Christian. Death has no sting. Death has no victory. That should have the mindset of every Christian to be in a state of overwhelming thanksgiving. And it shouldn't be something that I have to teach you. I need to teach you to say, thank you, Jesus. You should be overwhelmed with that fact. Death has no authority over you. 
Listen, look around. From this to the arms of Christ. And you know what? I guarantee you, you will cross in your mind, but I'd like to have grandkids. It'd be kind of cool to see grandkids. Really? It just multiplies heartache. The more that you reproduce, what are you reproducing? Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. As your kids get older, that makes it easier and better. If it is, I'll trade you mine. <laughs> I'll bring you back to my reality. Do you understand that? Well, I'd like to get my education done. Oh, in heaven, you're only going to know as you are known. Hmm. Without a test. <laughs> Look, I got my Jesus diploma. But anyway. From this to the arms of Christ, the victory, the experience of a believer, then when the body is joining, then you will know the fullness of life. Even as a believer today, you can't know the fullness of life because you're in this earthen vessel. And this earthen vessel wrestles with the Spirit of God. Unrelenting. Death has been disarmed for the believer. Death has been defanged, has been declawed, has been destroyed. You know how long it took me to get that all together? <laughs> when I get to heaven, I won't have to sit around and think about that stuff. So as Paul says, we should say, thanks is given to God. The greatest measure of thanksgiving should be given to God. I was thinking in Revelations chapter 20, verse 14. Then death and Hades will be thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. You know what it means? It's gone forever. It's gone forever. In chapter 21, I want you to think about this. Verse 4, And He will, being Christ, He will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. I can't grab that. I don't understand that. Okay, now then... do you, do you understand why you have to have a heart of gratitude if you're saved? You know, when we sing Amazing Grace, do you understand what you're singing? Well, I've been saved. No, man, you have been removed from perishable to imperishable. Death no longer has authority over you. Death has no poison in your life. Death has no more sting. The law has been fulfilled by your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ. That's amazing. Now then people will say, you know what? Okay. I'm in. That's all future. What about now? Okay. Next week.
Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word, the amazing things that you show us. And Lord, may we be overwhelmed with your presence. Father, may we be overwhelmed by what has already been given us. Father, we have no, no fear of death. And Father, we just cherish the thought that absent from the body is present with you. Father, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Overwhelm your people with that idea, Lord. May it be the all-consuming thought that we can live with hearts of thanksgiving, rejoicing always and praying without ceasing. This is your will. Help us, Lord. We bow before you with hearts of worship. We bow before you, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We bow before you because you have given us a victory that nothing on the planet Earth has the ability to give. Thank you, Father, for that victory. Thank you, Father, for the great transformation that is awaiting us. And thank you, Father, for the great triumph over death that you have given us. And, Father, thank you that you give it freely. In Christ's name, amen.